Fucking g'day. Welcome to Podcrastinating Episode 5. My name's Phil and here are some other people I know. Word up. Uh, tell me what's the word. I'm word up. Uh, yeah, apparently I've gone cameo uh, for the introduction, but uh, I'm no cameo, motherfuckers. I am back. I am red. I am Canadian. I smell like maple and I am loud. Hear me roar. Morning! Um, I am Abigail, uh, and I am English. I feel a bit spacey because we had one of those funny bank holiday um, weekend things here and I took full advantage um, of trying to see how much gin I could consume, which apparently I'm not sure if it is that much. Um, so, but it's fine. You know, it's fine. It's not like it's not like it was yesterday, which was the hangover. And this is almost like the hangover of the hangover. That's cool. I'm down with that. And I'm Stacy. And is it just me or are these guys too cheery? You guys are abrasively cheery. I don't think I signed up for this. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I did. What's up, everyone at Charmin Brains or Ange? Ready to hang out for a little while and have a couple glasses of wine with my friends. This month, we're talking about DM rooms. Stacy, Stacy's going to lead this one because Stacy has some questions for us. Take it away, Stacy. Ah, uh, the dreaded DM room. Did it really destroy Twitter or did it make it better? How many are too many? What's your strategy? Do you mute them? Do you ignore them? Ah, uh, the tweet drop. Is it necessary? I mean, come on, really? And this is for Ange. Hey, Ange, you and I came from Kick. So what is the biggest difference between Kick rooms and the DM rooms? I mean, is it good? Is it better? What's really the difference? I just think it's closer. You know, you're just that much closer to your tweets. So when you want to drop them, you know, it's just easier. Well, I think um, DM rooms are certainly um, a varied topic that we can talk about. Um, I mean, personally, my views have dramatically changed on DM rooms. Um, I started really liking them, and they were a great place to kind of network, meet people, and do that. But I think slowly, as time has gone on, and I think it's the same for um, a lot of people that I do know, is that the enthusiasm that goes into rooms is just not the same. And, and that's my personal view. So I, th I think there's definitely a lot of talking points here. Okay, I agree. There are several talking points to DM rooms. Um, one of the things that I like about the DM rooms is I think those of us, Stacey, you mentioned Kick, And I think those of us who came from Kick, I want to say maybe kind of set the baseline for etiquette and what is the expectation of group rooms because a lot of people were still split doing kick and DM when it first came out. I agree. I like that it's on Twitter. Um, I always turn off my notifications. The one big difference that I see between the two is, um, you know, it's funny <laughs> when kick was a thing and you could only have 10 people in a room. I felt like there was far more drama than when they opened it up and you could have 50 people in a room and everybody thought, Oh my God, there's going to be so much drama. 50 people. There aren't even 50 like hats that like each other, you know, kind of a thing. And it ended up being, I think a little less drama than the 10 people per room. And then when Twitter opened it up, everybody was like, Oh my God. Um, the one difference that I think there is, and this is going to sound shady and it's not, but the one difference that I think there is, you can be logged into Twitter on multiple devices 
kick you cannot. So if you're in a kick room and you're chatting away, unless somebody is extremely tech savvy, as long as you're logged into that account, nobody else can read it. So if you have somebody trying to figure out your account information or read your stuff, they're not going to be able to because you're logged in. Um, that I think was a big difference, but that's more of a technical difference. Other than that, I really don't see one. I think that the emojis were better on kick. Okay. I seem to have gone full circle on DM rooms. Um, I went through a stage of loving them. It's probably in about 30. Um, I just love the constant kind of drive of everyone and, and almost the energy that came off them. Um, but unfortunately, um, <laughs> Everything kind of has a byproduct, doesn't it? Um, and drama seems to be pretty, pretty settled in that with DM rooms. Um, so <laughs> I kind of pulled off them, um, and I was a lot happier. I'm in a couple now, and I think once you start to filter through all the DM rooms, you kind of find ones that have like people that you actually respect in them, and people that you that you want to talk to and you want to make time for um i know that sounds really shitty um and also for the fact i use my dm rooms as like a retweet function um so actually i've made um a couple of lists just from people who i who i have in dm rooms and then i kind of do that i mean it fucks me off a little bit because i don't get to see new people so much um but i don't really trust new people the one thing I think as well is when I started in DM rooms, when I got pulled in, there was this sort of allure. It was this whole new world that opened up on Twitter because when I had my old account uh, before I deactivated that and took whatever, a year and a half off, there weren't DM rooms. So we didn't have this kind of world. Um, so when I first went in, I'm like, oh, this is amazing. And then I guess when you get added into a room, people start seeing you. So I'm being added left, right, and center to different rooms. And it was, it was kind of neat. It's, oh, you know, I, my account is growing in size. I've got more exposure for my words. I'm meeting cool people. But things definitely change. And there is drama supreme. Um, and I think you're 100% right, Abby, that it's about finding rooms that are suitable to you. Um, I had my own room for a long time and not to brag or anything, but it was my favorite room on Twitter. It was a place where you could go and be comfortable and every single person in that room, I trusted 100%. Uh, but even that went to shit. So even where you're comfortable sometimes isn't a great place. So I've really just shied away since I've come back from my little hiatus. Um, I'm really not doing rooms very much. I think I'm in three rooms no four rooms uh one is just the talking room uh and the rest i i chat here and there um you know whenever i feel like it so i'm, I'm kind of reapproaching things and i like it i love room i have to admit it i love room every time i get added to one it's like going down the rabbit hole you know it's a new rabbit hole and i love meeting people and i've i've gone through that phase where because back and kick um, I've gone through that phase where, you know, if the room opened up, there were three of us that were automatically entered, you know, into that room. And, and I think you went through this too. Uh, I think we all do. And I see it now with DM groups over on Twitter 
where there's a certain there are new people that everybody is adding to a room so pretty much you've got 20 rooms with about five different people the rest are your basic standard and i think that's very interesting uh, when i when i decided or you know offered to kind of group up all the trophy people for the saturday contest I knew putting them in a room would be really cool. It would add another layer of dimension to the game that they didn't have. It would make it tighter. People would want to play more and would have more fun with it. You know, once you were trophying in the game, you're kind of behind the scenes watching the game and playing in it, and you still have a hand in it, you know. And that aspect is a lot. It makes it a better game, I think. It always has. But what I liked about the rooms was when I put the different people in there. Then uh, the rooms became just phenomenal. The enthusiasm in the DM room, it does filter off. And I can remember when I was put into group style rooms for the first time, you know, when I was a smaller account, I would get so excited about some of the apps that were in there because I loved their account. And then I would meet them and it would almost ruin their account for me after getting to know their personality. Don't get me wrong. I met a lot of really great people, but there were some that I was like, fuck, I wish I would have never met you because I liked your account before that. I do also feel like a lot of people go through that. This is really great. And then, you know, see all the drama that goes on and it kind of shies them away from the DM rooms. And then when they come back to it because they like the interaction, they are in rooms with specific people only or smaller groups and things like that. I've noticed a lot for as long as I've been around, a lot of the larger accounts you don't see in group style rooms, whether it's group me or kick or, or Twitter now, but they stay away from it because they've already kind of been through it. So it tends to ebb and flow. And I've also seen enthusiasm in DM rooms actually ebb and flow with the seasons. A lot of people in the summertime get busy and they don't do as much. I also really like the contest style rooms, Stacy. I feel like you interact with people that you don't interact with all the time. Um, I like the innovative contest rooms too, where it's not just about the retweets. Like we had a, a contest room at one point, I'm not gonna name any ads, but we had a contest room at one point where they had a team A and a team B. Each team could not have a combined membership with more than 100,000 followers. And then each team picked an account under a thousand followers and the goal was to see which team could get that person more followers without saying very much um neither small account knew that they were being promoted you couldn't coach the small account so like if your strategy was to throw them in dm rooms to get them noticed type deal you couldn't tell them about etiquette or anything like that um that was a pretty innovative concept and i liked it because i did interact with people that i knew but that i didn't really interact with on a regular basis and it was a challenge and it wasn't just about retweets of your own stuff it was about promoting small accounts um the small account rooms are difficult because a lot of times you to really filter through their stuff i'm curious too about um dm room etiquette so coming from kick there was always some unspoken kind of rules like that everybody played by for the most part i mean there was drama but you know, you don't do screenshots unless it's like a one-liner that's funny and you have permission or you don't 
put in another room what's going on in a different room type deal and there's always been kind of a it's not necessarily group room related but there's always been kind of a don't mess with people's real life uh unspoken rule of etiquette and in dm rooms i'm not quite sure what the etiquette is anymore somebody was telling me that uh some accounts don't like when you go to their tl and just retweet off of it even if you retweet them too um i had never heard that before because you've got the other crowd of folks that don't like when people fave star retweet and it's tweet after tweet after tweet of the same person i personally like to go to tls and retweet i didn't know that it frowned upon by any type of, of crowd on twitter so i'm curious to know how have the etiquette rules changed from kick to twitter or is the etiquette a lot the same and do people even really have different etiquette rules anymore um i think uh the etiquette rules are a pile of shit um, basically, because I think everyone's too faced and I think they can be trusted. Um, so generally, if you don't want to put something, if you, you don't want something to be used against you, you, you don't write it. Um, that's the problem that I have with DM rooms. Um, the couple that I'm in, um, I trust everyone in there, but um, I trust them on face value. I trust them on what they choose to show me. Um, so that trust isn't really there. Um, I haven't met anyone apart from Stan, don't worry, I won't tell the same story again. Um, in real life, uh, I mean, I'd never mess with someone's real life, but fuck, if someone messed with you, it's tempting, is it not? And yeah, Stace, I think that's what annoyed me too is the fact that <laughs> I would literally like be dropped in another DM room, which would have all the same people from the first DM room, and then they used to be like, Yeah, I suppose this is like DM room etiquette. Like, you don't start another DM room, but without like four people of the original one. Like, people do that. They're like, Oh, well, okay, I don't like this person, that person. So I'm going to start a new DM room. Like, I know the people who were like really pally and they kind of did that. And like, now they'd never talk. It's pretty savage. Um, but, you know, like, so they're like, Oh, you killed my room by like starting another one. It's weird. It's weird, but yeah, I know what you mean. And also, like with with all the people that are in it, I tend they tend to have all the same kind of conversations. Um, if you keep the same kind of people in them, that's exactly right. And what I've noticed, I mean, recently it's so funny. We're talking about the end room. I just bailed out on probably about three or four of them, and and no joke, I got added two more back. So. You know, the whole idea of cutting back, I, I haven't been involved anyway, so I was kind of cutting back just to, I don't know, I guess call the herd. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if I should really say that. Should I say that? But you kind of do, just to let it go and see what it is you're missing. And then, because you can always get back in. There's always another room. You know, I don't think people take it as seriously as they used to, which, thankfully, I mean, we're all busy. And you can really only be in so many anyway. I was just talking about this with some bigger accounts, and they were amazed at the number I was in. And, Abby, it wasn't near 30. <laughs> it wasn't at all close to 30. I mean, at all. Uh so I don't know how you can do 30. I'm pretty ADHD, and I can run from one to the next, and I can do that all day long and work. But lately, I just, I don't know. I'm, I don't know that I'm motivated anymore. 
I might be burning out. On room etiquette, most rooms, when I get added to them, I ask, you know, what are the room rules? And most of them say, no nudes, no drama. That's about it, really. Um, yeah. And, and for the most part, that works. Some, some rooms have a no tweet drop rule, which sometimes works. The best rooms I find just don't tweet drop. It's not even a question of making rules about it. They just chat. And it's good. It's really good. So in terms of number of DM rooms, I was recently in over 20 of them, and I've just culled them down, so I'm down to about five. I wasn't really contributing in them, and I felt a bit bad because of that. It was nice to have the, the contacts and stuff. And it was nice to be able to you know, drop a tweet every now and then so it would reach, reach a wider audience. At the same time, I wasn't contributing to the conversation, so I thought, you know what, stuff it. I'll let my tweets stand up to themselves on the timeline and do things that way. One of the rooms I dropped was the small accounts room. It's a room where we get together once a month and discuss small accounts. And I felt a bit bad leaving that room because I, I was one of the people who helped put it together. And I left it, but I've had some ideas about that because the, the room turned really into a conversation room. And, and that was fine and good. But I really wanted to do the small accounts thing. I really wanted to be there to promote small accounts. And I was in, I was in um, rooms of all those people anyway, so I sort of ducked out of that one. But I'm thinking a better way to handle the small accounts would be to have a, a room that is dedicated only to tweet dropping small accounts tweets from smaller accounts i think that'd be a really good idea and stacy yeah i'm finding it hard to contribute to rooms at the moment as well maybe i'm not as motivated and, and what red said yeah when you first get into dm rooms it's like this explosion of activity all the cool stuff you can do uh, but after a while it's been i've probably been in dm rooms for about a year now and yeah the novelty has worn off uh, i mean it's still great to have but yeah i'm not um I'm not jumping in there all the time to see what's going down. Do you reckon DM rooms are dying? Room conversations will never die. If Kick couldn't have possibly killed that, um, there's no way that they'll die. I think it's uh, what we talked about earlier. It's like a cycle. So the new people get on and they're, you know, they start their account and they're excited when they get brought into that portion of it. It's like Dirty Dancing the movie, but when she gets asked to carry the watermelon, it's like when you get brought into DM groups for the first time, you're carrying the watermelon and people love it. But then they go through the drama and the rest of it and they're like, fuck this. But right behind them is a new batch of newbies that are dying to carry the watermelon. Well, see, for me, my view of rooms definitely changed. I went into rooms and it was amazing. Um, I believe Ange touched on this, but yeah, you see accounts that you're like, oh my God, I love their stuff. And you converse. And next thing I knew, I went from one room to, I think I was in about 25 rooms. And at first it's amazing. You're like, oh my God, I'm making so many new friends. There's so many cool people. But like Abby said, you, certain, you learn that people aren't necessarily who or what they seem. Um, like, I'm not necessarily saying they're catfishes per se, but there's people who have agendas and there's people who like drama. And very slowly, you kind of get to learn who's nice on face value and who's genuinely nice. And I think as time went on, I started dropping more and more rooms. 
And then it eventually got down to the point where I think I was down to about three rooms. And for the most part, I trust the vast majority of the people in those rooms. Upon coming back to Twitter, I, like I said, I think I'm only in three or four right now. Uh, one is a craft beer only room. And so it's really nice, you know, we, we shoot the shit. We drop pictures of different beers we've been drinking because, you know, we're all fucking snobs and that's incredible. I think every one of us has a beard uh, and drinks craft beer. So I think we're all pretty uh, stereotypical. Uh, and then I'm in another room, which is a friend's room, which is very nice people in there. I, I don't know a ton of the people, I would say, incredibly well. But the conversations are always friendly. And I do tend to tr- um, drop tweets in there. But that's how that room was set up. So I don't mind doing that. And then uh, I've got another room with maybe just four or five really close friends who were back from um, one of my old rooms that was my favorite room ever. And then massive drama broke out when I was on hiatus and the whole room exploded. So we've uh, decided to keep a small core together. Uh, And it's been really nice, just chatting, laughing, no expectations. And holy fuck, I'm talking for a long time. Somebody stop me. Um, to be honest, I just used to flick from one to the other to the other, Stacey, when I was in, uh, I think, I don't think it was quite dirty. I think I got to 29 once, uh, and I was just like, I was like, oh, God, and like, literally, but the thing is, like, then I realized that most of the people that are in DM rooms, um, have probably got kids, they probably can't go out, you know, this, that, and the other, and I just kind of sat there, and to be honest, I did it pretty hardcore for about, oh, I don't know, actually. To be honest, I I, I was going to say weeks, but I'm going to probably change it to months. Um, and and it's bad, you know. My my life's missing out. Like, I'm not, I'm not at that age where it's unsuitable for me to go out or, you know, do this and do that with whoever. And I kind of thought I was missing out on real life. So I kind of stopped it. I definitely like rooms with a purpose. I don't like retweet rooms. I will rarely go in there and... And here's the thing, possibly the reason I don't like them is because that's what we used to do back in kick. We had some retweet rooms and people just got pissed off because I didn't retweet their tweets, but their tweets sucked. And I wasn't going to retweet them just because I was in a retweet room. I mean, it's not like I set up the room and added those people and therefore anybody should be mad at me because I didn't retweet them. I got thrown in there just like they did. So, you know, I never really understood that. And I got called out on it a bunch and they really didn't like my answer. I can't believe I didn't get blocked. They should have blocked me. Well, they could have back then in kick. If you blocked, they just couldn't see what you posted. You couldn't see what they posted. Yeah, I get what you mean about retweet rooms. I don't, but even like in normal rooms, like when people drop drop tweets, um, I kind of don't want to feel like obliged to do it. Like I'm in one actually, um, and somebody um, retweeted somebody else, and it was actually like a clear subtweet to me, and I was just like, oh, you do realize that you just uh, you just uh, retweeted his subtweet to me. She was like, what? No, I just blindly re- re- retweet him because he does that to me, and that's why I fucking hate about Twitter. Like this girl is funny, like she could read. Like I don't, I don't get it. Why are you blind retweeting? They could be saying anything, they like anything. Um, but it's almost like nah, I'll just, I'll just do it to get it on that. Um, but also, I think that um, I don't want to 
drop my tweet in a room and people to just ignore it. Um, because I think for my own, like, my own little heart, I think, I, I think I'd be really sad. I'd be like, oh, oh, they don't like period poos. <laughs> I can't even begin to tell you the number of times that my period poos have not been retweeted and how angry that makes me. And uh, thanks for cackling at me there, Abby. That feels so nice. Fuck you. In all seriousness, Abby, I do hate your period poo tweets. Like, so much that they make me giggle, but I'll never retweet them. <laughs> yeah, I don't get why people blindly retweet. I mean, you could be pressing buttons all day. And does anybody, who picks those up? I, I don't know. I don't get it. There's a lot of things about this Twitter I don't get. I don't blind retweet, and I just don't get it. Uh, well, actually, I kind of get it. I could imagine being in a position where... I'm just being overly generous to literally everybody and I didn't care what was on my timeline. Maybe if I was a completely anonymous person, I might do that. But I'm not trying to be completely anonymous. I'm trying to be myself, trying to be me. I'm trying to specifically post specific things on my timeline. So I don't just go into the DM rooms, you know, every morning, just blindly retweet everything that's been dropped in there. I read them, and if I don't like them, I don't retweet them. And that might be one of the reasons I've dropped out of so many DM rooms is because perhaps people think that I'm not reciprocating. But I'm sorry if you want me to retweet something. Um, it, it's got to be at least okay, you know? Yeah, I don't do that. Yeah, well, as for me, uh, I used to blindly retweet when I first started in DM rooms because I thought that's the way that it was. Uh, but very quickly, I learned there's a lot of shit. There's some people, they might be nice people, but they tweet fucking garbage. And I just can't do it. There are accounts of people that I like very much, but I, you will never fucking see me retweet it. Because I look at it and I'm like, what's the fucking point of what you just said? There's nothing funny. There's nothing humorous. There's nothing even insightful. Like when I read something, I want to come away and be like, hey, I actually appreciate that. I mean, it doesn't have to be a mind-blowing fucking tweet, but it just has to be something that makes me look at it and either... I'll smile or I'll fucking laugh a little bit. Or I'll be like, you know what? That's a fucking true point. Uh, there's a lot that aren't like that. Oh, my fucking God. So I just can't do it. And I think it pisses some people off. But you know what? Fuck you. Be, be more entertaining. Uh, be better at Twitter. I'm not saying I'm amazing, but fuck, be better. So here's a question. I'm not in as many rooms now, and I try not to tweet drop very often. And I find that I'm putting more effort into my tweets. You know, I'm not just writing any old shit and dropping it in a room and expecting retweets. I'm actually putting some effort in and putting it on the timeline and letting my tweets stand for themselves. Do you guys find that uh, if you are not dropping a tweet, you're putting more effort into them? Well, I think my tweets are shit to begin with anyway, so uh, I don't really know if I put more effort. Um, I think there's certain tweets that I definitely try to craft more. Um, the only thing about DM rooms that I find when it comes to my level of tweet is sometimes I get inspired uh, from conversations from a DM room. Like if I'm having writer's block and I can't really write anything, I think sometimes I overthink my tweets when I'm when I'm by myself, so I have to bounce them off some people. Uh, like, I know Abby and I bounce tweets off each other all the time before, and uh, it's nice to have that sort of honest feedback 
from from someone that you know is is funny as well. Um, but I don't think being in a DM room really affects that dramatically. Why the fuck did you tweet that dick tattoo tweet? <laughs> Oh, God, that's the worst tweet I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, sorry. Like, generally, your caliber of tweets are quite high, you know? Uh, <laughs> that one's just... I suppose you, you need people to realize that, you know, you're human too, and you can make mistakes as well. I love the fact that you've stuck with it as well. You're like, yeah, I'm sticking with it. I'm keeping, I'm keeping this bad boy out of there. Regarding whether or not I tweet better out of a DM room, no. <laughs> well, first of all, I haven't been completely out of DM, Kick, or Vox um, since I got into them back in 2014. <laughs> yeah, it's just a way of life now. Uh, but if I've got something on my mind and I can't pound it out or, it, you know, nothing just seems to work, I will walk away from Twitter and DM and just try to, you know, think it through a little bit harder. So, yes, you, you know, I have to get rid of the distractions, but also I find that, you know, I also need to go, like, outside or away from people. Uh, so it's not just a DM thing. It's pretty much all distractions across the board. And I'm a little ADHD, so that's bad because I squirrel all the freaking time. You know, Abby, sometimes you need to shit post. Come on. You, you can't just be so harsh because... A person tweets high-caliber stuff, and then shit comes out. <laughs> it's the byproduct, I swear. Of course, I wouldn't know about tweeting high-caliber. I'm just supposing. No, DM rooms are not dying. I firmly believe what Ange was saying when, you know, she was saying there's just a new crop waiting to come in, and they'll go through all that drama that we've already gone through. I think they've become funner. <laughs> more fun after about 15,000 followers because at that point you've seen a lot you've gone through the drama you can kind of spot which ads are the drama at you can see it before you know you see the shit before it hits the fan and you're able to duck out or ignore it or laugh and subtweet the fuck out of it you know you deal with it better and then it becomes fun because you start adding people who you know who are just up there to have fun. They'll bounce ideas. You'll rip tweets. Uh, and then you are just silly. And it's fun. And you laugh. And, or you're drunk. And they're drunk. And it's just a good time without, you know, any bullshit. So around 15,000, I think everybody will start seeing things even out more. But then let me tell you, by the time you hit, what, 18, you're done. So wait, are you telling me that when I hit 15,000, I have to go back into DM rooms? Say it ain't fucking so. Uh, I, I don't know if anything is going to change my view of DM rooms. Um, like, I'll agree. I don't necessarily think they're dying. But at least for a lot of people that I know and I've kind of come through rooms with, uh, for a lot of people, it's changed. Um, maybe people aren't doing the number of rooms that they were doing before. Um, I know people who have cut rooms out completely. Uh, and I only talk to them in one-on-one -on -one, uh, DMs. Or uh, prime example... 
I've come back and I have a room with uh, four other guys. And it's just a small little circle of us. And we just tell jokes and we laugh. And, and it's, you know, kind of like a kind of a core of people. It's a circle of trust, but not as lame fucking sounding. It's just a comfortable place to be. Um, I don't think I'm ever going to go back to DM rooms the way that I did. Um, since I've come back, I've enjoyed my approach to it. To me, it's about having fun. It's about telling jokes. It's about, you know, just trying to enjoy the experience instead of trying to win a fucking popularity contest, which I think people who get into like, you know, maybe like 25, 30 rooms, that's kind of what they're looking for. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm telling you. It'll be different because you have finally figured out how to do it where you have fun. The people who are getting thrown into, or when you had 20 or 30 rooms, you weren't creating all those rooms. I mean, I didn't start creating rooms until, uh, I think I started when the DM rooms opened up. Before then, I don't think I ever created a room over in Kick. I was always thrown into them. And I'd keep them, hang out, talk till they died, and then you just keep on going and they go into, they get smaller and smaller and then you have that core group. So that's what you're seeing and you're only seeing it because you've been in the pipeline for such and such amount of time equates to the followers. You following me? I'm just, we're ahead of the, her the curve and herd because we were doing it in kick way back when. We, we've just been on longer, that's all. It means absolutely nothing just that we've been wasting our time longer than you have okay you talk about a core group I was in a core group of people over in kick one person in the core group was from another country she took each person aside except for me because well i mean my daughter was we were going through uh just found out she had cancer and everything like that okay i know i just said cancer and but don't freak out about it anyway uh but she took each of my other friends aside and asked them for money and it was kind of crazy it was more like can I borrow some money I'm in a real tough time and uh, this is somebody that we knew for I mean people that people in that room knew her for about two years so they felt super comfortable they felt like she was telling the truth but then all of a sudden there was just something about it something about it so one by one, we all kind of start to get out of the room and we're asking each other what's going on with this. What if, this is weird. What what's happening? Found out that everything she said was pretty much bullshit. She scammed. She's scamming people for money. She is still on Twitter. She's probably under another at. And uh, as a matter of fact, two people from a core group. Well, one person from a core group has. <laughs> plucked both me and Ange. Uh, <laughs> Ange, I'm outing us. And um, you won't, you know, we don't talk to her anymore because she really has bought into this, that this person has done this bad thing, but for a good reason. Okay, how many times do you need to be lied to? How much money do you need to lose before you get that you're financing somebody else's good time? while you're struggling. I don't understand all that. But in any event, that is what has happened. She's still on Twitter. I know she's still getting thrown into rooms. And even though her Twitter account is not active, 
pretty sure she's under a couple other ads. So this is just food for thought. Unless you have met the person physically, you've seen them, uh, some kind of knowledge about their life, probably shouldn't be sending money to them. I don't know. Sometimes that's just common sense, but when somebody starts telling you like a dire situation and it's so dire, the only thing that can help is money. And you know, they're in another country and their country isn't as free as America is. And you know, uh, that's why that person gave her some money and that person has never been paid back. So take a lesson people. Someone on the internet lying. You don't say, <laughs> sorry. I, you know, I think the longer you're on Twitter, the longer that you learn that a lot of people aren't exactly what they seem. Red, I think you're going to go full circle on this. Because when I came up, I fucking hated DM rooms. I was like, keep me the fuck away from them. And then I went in a couple, I got asked into one and, you know, and then, but because of time zones and stuff, I couldn't talk to my full capacity. And, uh, <laughs> and basically I then made a UK DM room. Um, well, obviously every, everybody from the UK, um, is all on the same timeline, uh, or timeline or time zone. And I, I did that and I really enjoy it. I enjoy that constant stream of conversation. Um, I actually got added into a DM room the other day um, and it doesn't happen to me that much anymore because I've kind of done quite a lot of anti-DM tweets and, and basically when people added me, I'd be like, yeah, cool, I'm out. Um, you know, because there are people that lie and, and stuff like that and I know, I know that they're scumbags and I don't want to be in rooms with them. So normally when I'm added to a room with someone, um, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just leave. Um, and, you know, stuff like that. And I think, Red, I think, you'll, I think you will go full circle. I think you'll start to enjoy it again. I think this will happen. You, you need to embrace it. So you reckon Red's going to come full circle? I don't know. I think I'm... I He might. He might. I am... If he, if he does, though, I would see myself as somewhere about... I don't know, about three quarters of the way around the circle. Because I'm now dropping rooms. I'm getting rid of them. I'm doing the slash and burn. I'm down to about five. I just got added to another one literally an hour ago. And it's full of nice people. And I don't want to leave that. And it's like, oh, man, I have to make decisions. It's such a hard call to leave a room, especially when there's people there that you really like. So it's, there's just too many nice people around, too many awesome people. And now we have to make this horrible decision to leave people. It's kind of like, it's almost like breaking up with a person, breaking up with a room. So it's not breaking up. It's not as hardcore as breaking up. It's just leaving to see them on another day. Does that make sense? I also find it's, I, I was thinking it's a question we should all ask ourselves. What do we actually get out of DM rooms? So I was thinking this before, and I reckon I get quite a lot out of DM rooms. I really do. I think they're brilliant things. I think any sort of human contact, even if it is just digital, or just through social media, just through Twitter, even that, that's better than nothing. And you know what? 
even if it is through Twitter, you're finding you're finding good people. You're finding, and I say good. I'm I'm saying you're finding people with similar interests, with a similar sense of humour, and that's a really good thing. I think DM rooms are great, and people who say that they don't understand Twitter, they don't understand social media, they don't have the time for it. You shouldn't be wasting your time with imaginary people. They don't get it. They just don't get it because they're not imaginary people. They are real people. We joke about you all being imaginary people, but you are real. You're fucking heaps real. You fucking will better be. Uh, fucking will better be. And it's good. It's 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 not just networking. It's you know we're we're all sometimes we're helping each other through difficult times. DM rooms are fucking awesome. They really are. Um, but yeah, you can get overwhelmed. So overwhelmed. Honestly, I think the only way I'm going to come full circle is if I'm spinning around while masturbating. Um, <laughs> I don't know, Abby. Maybe you're right, but in the here and now, I can't see that happening. I've just been in rooms where I've seen too much go on. Um, people using them for dating sites. People making fun of other people. People telling other people that they need to block this person because... They supposedly did this. I can't deal with that shit. I can't do it. Uh, it's not about drama. It's not. If things were just nice and social and happy, I think I would be fine. But the human element comes in and people ruin everything. So, no, I don't think so. At least not now. Maybe when I'm at 15,000 followers, we'll see. Uh, so what will that be in like four years? As to what you get out of it, Phil, I think it's that social element. Because being on the timeline, you know, the occasional ads, it's very hard to carry a conversation through ads. And it's kind of annoying. And everyone else gets to see what you're writing. And so DM rooms provide that safe social atmosphere, uh, which can be fun, which can be nice. Like, you can get inspiration out of it. But it can be incredibly overwhelming, too. Do you think you're going to get the 15,000? <laughs> Joking. <laughs> Sorry, that was really shitty. Um, no, I think it's because you, you were in DM rooms with the wrong people. I'm going to stick by that because I think that's probably the most intelligent thing I have ever said. Is once you get, you've got your little cool group of four, and from that, you might do a little bit here, a little bit there with some of the people. You might get another little, you know, little group. They're not as, they're not as, as you would describe as trustworthy, but they're good. Um, and you'll you'll find nice people. You'll realise who you don't want to be in DM rooms with. Uh, oh fuck, that was me not changing gear properly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you'll find it, and um, and I think you'll enjoy it. Enjoyment out of the DM room. No, it's not like breaking up. You can always get added back in, and everybody understands when you leave. Everybody understands when you leave, and it's no big deal. Uh, I. Especially, I kind of like it when people leave with flair. <laughs> There's a guy that does a cannonball, and, and he tells you he's doing a cannonball, and that's his signal that he's leaving the room. <laughs> he's not cleaning. He's just leaving. <laughs> and it's funny because he'll keep getting added back in because it confuses people. <laughs> but I like it. I, you know, you just have to leave sometimes, and better rooms come up. Or actually, you've left a better room and you just missed out. I mean, it's it's whatever. I think core groups go back to what Abby said with 
you still want to say only what you would probably say to the rest of the world type deal. Um, I've seen core groups blow up. I think those are kind of like breakups more so than just leaving a DM room. Um, but the core group that you're talking about, Stace, that I think it's a unique scenario, but I definitely have seen it happen more than once, not to that scale. I've seen core groups impact different aspects of life, but never financially like that. Like blatantly scamming people for money, thousands of dollars, um, and not using things like, oh, my dog has liver cancer. Like, you know, it not like that, like really serious issues that you would think if this person is lying and I give the money, then I'm out money. But if this person is not lying and I don't give the money, it could be huge for this person. Um, she was using stuff like, because she's in a Middle Eastern country, really playing on American ignorance to some extent about, you know, women not being superior and an altercation in the middle of the street that wasn't really an altercation in America kind of a thing. We wouldn't view it that big a deal, but because it was a man and she had disrespected him, like she could go to prison and they would rape her and all this other stuff. And so it was like, if you give the money, again, you're out. But when it comes to a serious situation like that, it's somebody that you've been talking to for three years and they know personal things about you. Again, whether you would share them or not, I would have shared uh, the information that I shared with her with anyone. But she was there while it was going on and it was a personal journey for me. My son was born through IVF. And so she was there through the research that I did. Um, I had a little mini midlife crisis before I got pregnant uh, and started IVF because I knew it was coming. So I was like, let me get all my extra party stuff out now. She was there through all of that. She was there when I got pregnant, you know, all of it. So I felt a connection to her. I'm just going to go on record and say I never gave her any money. But, you know, because everybody started kind of talking about the inner workings of the whole thing. And then there were more stories on top of more stories on top of more stories, which kind of starts to get a little insane. I'm not going to go over all her mistakes because if she, if she is listening, I'm sure. And she's probably got five other ads. I, I know she does. But um, I don't want to help her get better. That's for sure. At scamming people. But it was a shock. And people to this day would shit if they knew who it was. Like... Uh, you know what? I'm just going to go on record and say it. I, I crushed my halo. Like most people were very close to her and she was considered a super sweet person and a really nice girl. And she took the time to get to know so many people, but she does that. She does. She's got multiple core groups at once from different components of Twitter and then scams these groups at different times. So she's already working on another group and getting to know them through this process. Um, she's got many ads. So it's just, you in core groups, I'm just saying still to be careful because you would be surprised who would turn out to be that way. Again, I think that is a rare, rare scenario. Yeah, I agree. I think most people are in it on the short game, not the long game. She's definitely in it on the long game. So, yeah. But that's because she does have many ads and she puts everything into play. Was, she's crazy. Um, but I, yeah, that's everything that kind of happened and went down. And what is so strange, you'd go back to some of these people and they were saying, yeah, we saw that immediately. And then you go back to others who, you know, that she still has some kind of connection with and they'll just say that wasn't her. You're making it up. And th there was so much overwhelming proof you just, you just couldn't make it up. 
she just didn't think anybody was going to dig. So anyway, but like you said, you don't want to talk too much about it because you don't want to give anybody else ideas or her how to make herself better. Okay, again, Red, that's in your following, though. I, look at your follower account. When accounts are right at that level, we saw all that, too. It changes. The DM group will change. Just wait. Uh, you're going to get, you know, those people are going to filter off, and they're going to go in a whole other direction. You'll kind of run into them, but you'll know who they are, and you'll know to stay away from them. Uh, there's a lot of people that are like that, that are bigger accounts that are just, you know, drama left and right. You read it in their tweet. I mean, come on, anybody who tweets about how stupid somebody is or how much better that they are, come on, there's going to be some drama following that, that ad. Okay, Abby is right. I'm just saying this now. She's absolutely right, Red. Just like you thought you wouldn't be back. And where are you? Huh? You're back. Yeah, that's where. I don't know. Maybe things will change. I'm just saying right now, I can't see that. Honestly, what it is, is it's the trust issue. And going back to what you guys were saying um, about having a person who you trust very much, who manipulates you and uses you uh, in such a clever way. I've seen those people, um, maybe not for getting things uh, like money and such, but more on a personal level. And I've seen that and, and people that you thought, oh my God, this person will always be there. They'll always have my back. Um, this is a great person. And then slowly you start to realize through several incidents, uh, no, they're not. Um, I guess people on the internet let you see what they want to show you or what you want to see um which is fucking awful it's pretty despicable if you ask me but you know i filtered those people out of my life um and i think a lot of other people have too uh the core group shall we say is kind of gone and now i have my core group of people that i trust very 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 much um but you know at the end of the day it's twitter i think i just did a tweet that sums it all up it's not war, it's Twitter. You know, I know Phil said it is, these are real people, this is real life, but you have to realize that this is about fun. And you know what? If it's not fun, fuck off. Just fuck right off. If you're searching for drama, if you're searching for conflict, go somewhere else. I don't know, go to Facebook and argue politics like the twats you are. You've hit the nail on the head there, Red. Uh, it's Twitter, it's about having fun. That's all. It's all about having fun. And, and I stand by my statement that, you know, we're all real people. And I think real people just forget that it's about having fun. And there needs to be, it would be wonderful if there was a filter for those people. I suppose there is a filter. It's called the follow button or unfollow button. Just unfollow them. Yeah. But that's not as fun, is it? Unfollowing people. Bastards. All right, shut up, everyone. It's time for some music. Music time. This week, this month, we have Nige Pam. His handle is Koala's Lament. His producer name is Jack Knife. And we're going to hear Randall Hurt My Feelings. Check it out.
Thank you, Nige. Check him out, everyone. Koala's Lament on the Twitter. He's got a SoundCloud as well, so check out all his music too. Good on you, Nige. Thanks for sharing that. Now, for the next bit of the show, we've asked some other people to say some words about why they're on Twitter, what they like about Twitter, what they don't like about Twitter. We just asked them, you know, let us know. Let us know. This is what happened. Hi, my name is Abby, and I like to pull my, my belly hairs, the black ones, with uh, rusty tweezers, rusty spoons. I like rusty spoons. <laughs> I like the way you feel it with my, my salad fingers. Anyway. My name is Rob, and my handle was formerly Get No Sexual. I actually got on Twitter to, and don't laugh, uh, save my marriage. Uh, as a comedian, former comedian, I was trying to find an outlet for it. And I just thought it was tweeting and retweeting and all that. Then I got into DM rooms and started meeting people and talking with people and kind of realized that um, I was getting a really shafty deal in my marriage. And so eh, I'm getting divorced. So thanks, Twitter. I am Lewis, and I have a big fat cock. And I like to hit people with it. Thank you. Goodbye. Okay, so here goes. Uh, my name is Eve. Call Eve, and my Twitter handle uh, is at Julie with three E's, sixty-nine. So it's Julie sixty-nine. And why I'm on Twitter? Good question. Probably for venting and uh, connecting with different people. You know, I feel ridiculous saying any of this, right? I feel like a complete and total shithead. So it's gonna take a lot of takes. Hello, my handle is at JJKinky49Jeff, and I'm on Twitter because it gives me a chance to say the things you can't say usually in regular life, and I kind of really like that. Hi, I'm Lewis. I'm on Twitter. My at is go fuck yourself. Eat a dick. Abby, eat a big fat fucking dick! My name is Jimmy. My Twitter handle is thebeerguy underscore. I joined Twitter years ago to tell my stupid jokes and to read jokes by people with similar humor as me. But over the past year, I have started socializing in DM rooms, and I have met many people that I now consider friends, not just followers. Twitter has become more of a social platform for me, besides just tweeting now. And for that reason, I will never fully leave. I want to remain in contact with many of the people I've met. I may take breaks, but I will stay because of the social aspect. Hi, this is Lewis. I am on Twitter. My at is be stern i am not jewish but i can be if that is what you would like i am on twitter because i cannot fucking handle take four (laughs) hi this is effie effalicious at her goodness and um what i'm doing on twitter is i'm just tweeting what i love 
I came here to tweet some some fears and instead I released my passion and I'm having a blast doing it, making some amazing friends and uh, I love the freedom to just say what I want without judgment. Thanks. Hey, this is Lou. I'm on Twitter. You can find me at eat my fucking ass burger. <laughs> I am motherfucking Mikey at badass trucker. I wanted a cool at name that tied into what I did for a living. I got on Twitter to follow my daughter and took off from there. So I just try to roast out people as much as possible and try to be funny at the same time. Hey, this is Lou. You can find me on Twitter at Svee underscore Stern. If you don't know how to spell it, then don't fucking follow me. Fuck you. Fuck everything. Someone suck my cock. Okay, I got it. I got it. Hi, my name is Kath, and my handle is at Oh My Greatness. And if you read my bio, I just joined Twitter for the fuckery. And that's exactly what it gives me. A whole bunch of fuckery and Indian wedding proposals. And I love it. My DMs are open, baby. <laughs> hey, this is Lou. You might know me as SV underscore Stern on Twitter. If you don't know how to spell it, it's T-S-V-I underscore S-T-E-R-N. I'm on Twitter because I love people and I love jokes. We got to be relevant. Ah! Fucking hell, Lewis. Jeez. And now it's time for the Tweets of the Month. My tweet of the month is from Krabby. The handle is at Underfleeker. And the tweet goes a little bit like this. Aliens respond to our signal. Why is the cat always grumpy? That's my tweet of the month. Trophy that a while back. And it is still a very, very good one. Who's next? Well, my tweet of the month comes from Jane Cactus at Atticus Finch 79. And it goes like this. Testing new walkie-talkies. Crimson, over. Clover, over. Crimson, over. Clover, over. Crimson, over. Clover, over. Ding, 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 ding. Well, I don't hardly know <laughs> Crimson and Clover, motherfuckers. That's a great tweet. Okay, my tweet of the month by at P-H-R-E-E-M-A-N-N. Freeman. Security patting down the mouse. Any cheese on your person, sir? Waves another mouse over them like a metal detector wand. He's clean. My tweet of the month is from at squirrel74wkgn. Looks over back shoulder. Puts car in reverse. Wife. Oh my God. Slams brakes. Me. What? Wife. Becky just posted the cutest picture. I love this tweet. Okay, so my tweet of the month um, is from Abam Droud, which is... Um, at Adam, A-D-A-M, Broud, B-R-O-U-D. Okay, her. I love Tolstoy's take on the human moral struggle. Me, trying to impress. See, I prefer Tolstoy 3, where Woody was in the trash compactor. <laughs> that one, I got introduced to this account literally like a week ago. Um, this guy called JB uh, was like, oh, this guy's a really good good person to kind of follow. Um, he's, he's got really good tweets. And I was like, oh my God. And he dropped this tweet and I was like, fuck. That is my tweet of the month. And you know what? Even though it was like a couple of weeks ago, I still don't think I've seen one that, that matches that. It's funny. All right, everyone. Thanks for your tweets of the month. Those, those are some fucking good tweets. And we're going we're gonna to post them up on our website. So check them out at podcrastinating.com. And I think next episode, 
I think we're going to be talking about, what are we talking about? I think we might be talking about trolls. We're going to be talking about trolls. Trolls are, well, let's find out what we think about trolls. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for, thanks for the special guests for the, the uh, Vox Pop part of the show today. That was absolutely brilliant. So um, that's it. That's it. See you next time. Bye. hiccups during it so um, we've put them all together and you can have a little giggle if you've got some extra time so here are the outtakes what the fuck is a kick room fuck thank god i can listen to red on speed four jesus who needs two and a half minutes of canadian drawl <laughs> sorry that was a bit bad that was a bit bad <laughs> oh fuck Oh, it's funny for me. Anyway, um, yeah, I... Shit, I don't know what I'm saying. Fuck off. I didn't hit the button. Fuck's sake. Hey, can we just keep that little laugh track of Abby's? I loved it. It was perfect. <laughs> oh, fuck. And on the subject of number of rooms, shit, I was in 20 or so, and I've just culled them. Mainly because, is that car going past too loud? That car going past is probably too loud. Fuck it. Start this again. I should start selling them as, uh, as like, ringtones. It'd be like, when someone you don't like um, sends you a message. I should have probably thought about it. Maybe when someone you don't like sends you a message, you could be like, ha, 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 ha. It's like me. I would buy Abby's ringtone laugh, by the way. I think that's fucking amazing. I'll be drunk. Wait, no, I am drunk. But I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Abby, I hate your period poo tweets. I, I hate them. I hope to never retweet them. Oh, what is this? <laughs> oh, shit, I'm still on. Hello. And I'm realizing that that might be really fucking harsh. <laughs> I might be pissing a lot of people off right there. Uh, but you know what? I'm not getting rid of that. We're keeping that on the podcast. Fuck them. Fuck them. Let's get a little controversy going on. Uh, I say this as I watch my dog's shit. So maybe maybe that's uh, maybe maybe that's just a sort of uh, appropriate for this. I'm talking about how shitty people's tweets are sometimes, and my dog is shitting it out. Just like some of these fucking accounts. Let's let's not keep this in the podcast. <laughs> this part here. It's, it's kind of fucking harsh. True, but fucking harsh. Period poo tweets stink. Just like period poos. Do you know what? I might I might tweet that. Can I drop a tweet into the podcast room asking for a friend? So here's a question for you.
regarding DM runes. When you um when you when when you when you know what the fuck you're talking about, unlike me. Okay, I'm gonna just reword that whole thing. Hey Phil, okay, I'm I'm answering your questions about if we think a little bit more through our tweets when we're not in a DM room. If I've got something that I want to, uh, gosh, if I did, oh shit, oh fuck, we've got to redo this. <laughs> what I like is finally, and we were all kind of in it. When I say we, the people in Kick who are used to being in social media rooms are kind of thankful that everybody else is being becoming more seasoned or seasoned. Shit, I can't fucking talk. Blah blah blah. And holy fuck, I am saying um a lot. I listen back to that. I say um, I say um, I say um, 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 um. Sound like I'm gonna come, not um. Motherfucker. Well, now I don't wanna have sex with you. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. Stacy, send me money. Send me more money, please. Lots of money. I haven't received the first batch. More money. I need it. All the money. Seriously, seriously though, my, my Favstar runs out in eight days. I need the money. My Favstar. My Favstar it has cancer. Send money. Oh, shit. That's really long. Let me do it again. Um, what the fuck? I didn't press a button. I swear to you I did not press the button. But I just heard the fucking noise in the ear. Is this a sign? Is this a sign that I have to say something? Seriously, I'm just riding along here. I listened to Abby speak and I was thinking about a response. And then it fucking started fucking recording. Well, fuck, how about that? I suppose I better say something intelligent. Hey, Red, can guys do two things at once? I, I just thought that that was genderly impossible. I mean, and if you can, just if you can, I think it should be a Pornhub category. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, Abby is right. I'm just going to start that box, and then every now and again, I'm going to just send it to Red. <laughs> okay, Abby is right. Oh, great, because that's exactly what Abby needs, to be told that she's right over me yet again. She reminds me of this constantly. Does the car horn really come out there? Probably not loud enough, eh? Oh, fuck it. You gonna read that, Abby? Or just look at it. Okay, so, um, sorry, Phil, I forgot. <laughs> okay, uh, hang on. Okay, so my tweet of the month is, um, from Ab Abam Drought. <sighs> I I think I'm tr I'm maybe struggling with the word Tolstoy 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 Tolstoy. See, I prefer Tolstoy three, where Woody was in the trash compactor. Right, fuck it, I'm going again. I'm going to try again. Tolstoy Tolstoy. Okay.